You're listening to Moving Forward with Dr. Lynn Swanner. Today's podcast is part of the Flourishing Leaders series, where we explore ways to transform your school community. This podcast is a production of the Association of Christian Schools International. Listen and learn more about flourishing at blog.acsi.org. Today's podcast features Dr. Heather Lee, Assistant Superintendent at Fredericksburg Christian School in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm looking forward to talking with Heather today about the flourishing school's construct of culture of improvement, where guided by school leadership and focused on the future, the school is continually improving and makes necessary changes to improve. And Heather and I actually go a ways back. We worked together at a Christian school in New York where she was the elementary principal, and I always admired her intentionality in decision-making, her thoughtfulness, her connectedness both to the literature and also thinking about practice and also to the actual practices of her teachers and to herself as a leader. So Heather, welcome. Thank you, Lynn. So great to talk to you today. Yeah, so to start off, Heather, can you tell us a little bit about your background and why this construct culture of improvement is important to you? Sure. Well, I have been involved in Christian education for 27 years, started as an elementary teacher right in the same school where I am back in now. Um, I taught elementary, middle school, later college, uh, supervising student teachers, did some curriculum development, um, and then spent time as an elementary principal, the same school where you were, and now am assistant superintendent. And um, so on one hand, culture of improvement is just kind of a natural fit for me and my personality. Um, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I, I tend towards perfectionism, not necessarily a good thing, um, but I, I love making a goal and getting it done. Um, I totally enjoy learning. I love to see progress in myself and I love cheering other people on when they make progress. So it's a natural fit, um, but also I, I think that it's spiritually a great fit for us as believers. Um, trying to improve, I see that as a good and godly thing. Um, it, it reveals that part of the image of God in us. Uh, you know, we know that we're not just floating through life um, as if things don't matter. We recognize that our time is limited, our lives are short and for a purpose, and we want to get to the business. Like, what has God made me to do? And we want to get to it. Um, and I also think, you know, God does all things well, and we desire to be like him. So I believe that good quality honors God. Uh, from the very beginning, working at a Christian school, I always thought that if we put Christ's name on what we're doing, it had better be good. And it's not going to be perfect but it should be good. And um, so we're trying to honor God in what we do. Yeah, that's, that's great. Such an inspirational way to, to look at excellence. I think a lot of times in the world, you know, there's this sort of sense of excellence for excellence sake, but I love how you articulated that really is bringing honor and glory to the Lord. So what does it look like for a school to do this really well, to create that culture of improvement? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in preparation for this, I was, I spent some time thinking about that. And first of all, a couple of things stood out to me in the very definition that, that you and ACSI have written. Um, so first I noticed that it's guided by school leadership. And to me, that means there's a plan. Um, it's not random and we just hope we're getting better, but it's an expectation that we have and we make a plan for it to happen. 
And another word that stood out to me is the word continually improving and making changes. Um, because this kind of thing is often these small incremental things that we do, and we have this cycle of feedback and implementing, observing, getting data, tweaking it. It is not messy. Sorry, it is messy. And it's not this simple, straightforward way forward. Um, I also think at, at first I thought, oh, I'm going to come up with the top 10 things that I've seen. And I kind of realized a culture of improvement is not going to look the same in different places and for different people. Um, I have only spent significant time in two Christian schools, both I would consider very good Christian schools, but those two schools are radically different. And what worked in one setting does not work in the other. And so we as leaders need to be very attuned to the culture, the needs, uh, the strengths, the parent community. There's so many factors in our own school settings. So just a few other thoughts like that. Um, you know, nothing can match the desire that someone has to learn and grow. It's, it's a mindset that we want to be content, committed to learning and growing. Um, John Maxwell says, just because you're older doesn't mean you're better. And that we should be making daily choices. Um, you know, I'm going to grow from this hard experience. I will be better tomorrow than today. Um, we need to be willing to be challenged. Um, so I'll, I'll mention Maxwell a few times today, but I, I need to give him lots of credit because um, I really enjoy his reading and it's kind of helped to shape my, my philosophy in many areas. But he has this law of the rubber band and you think of a rubber band that stretches and comes back. And he says that we learn more and faster in those areas where we're stretched. That's, that's where we apply what we're learning. Um, and it's not comfortable. It takes courage. Brene Brown says we can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we cannot choose both at the same time. So when I was just kind of like, so Lord, you know, what, what is this, what encouragement would I give to people um, who are desiring to remove? I was drawn to two specific inward disciplines that I think need to be cultured in us, uh, cultivated in us, um, because when we do that, I think it, it sets the stage. Um, so the two key words are, are focus and planning. So first focus, I think it is very critical for us to figure out what is it we're going to focus on. Um, we need to have a clear vision for what we're trying to accomplish. Without focus and clear intentions, our days absolutely fly by. And we can easily spend days, weeks, months on things that either are not very important or they were just the next shiny idea that we got all excited about, but that we really didn't ever dig into. Um, a friend of, of yours and mine, Lynn, recently uh, posted this quote online. Um, it says, this is no day for disorganized minds to be flapping loosely in the breezes of daily impulse. And I love it for the literature of it, and it made me laugh, but it was written in 1962 by Richard Shelley Taylor. And I think it could, it very much applies today too. Without intention, our minds are just kind of loosely flapping. Um, a book that I read this last year that really helped me in this area was by Cal Newport. And it was called Deep Work. And the whole book was focused on how do we get past this, the trivial stuff day to day in order to really 
make significant progress on, on real goals like this. And he referenced a 2012 McKinsey study. And I'm just going to quote what they, they said. Um, the average knowledge worker now spends 60% of the work week engaged in electronic communication and internet searching with close to 30% of a worker's time dedicated to reading and answering emails alone. And when I read that, I was like, yup, I believe it. I mean, I absolutely believe that. Um, I think it's probably even worse in the last 10 years. And I often say and think to myself, I could spend all day in front of the screen answering emails. And it's very discouraging to me. Um, so I think we need to be careful with that, of not letting the email inbox uh, determine what we do. We shouldn't be in a responsive mode all day. So this whole idea of focus, I think that we need regular time for prayer, thought, and reflection as leaders. And it's something that we really need to fight for. We need to prioritize it. So one of the ways that, that I'm personally, because all of this, I would not say, you know, I'm the expert, I've accomplished all this. I'm, I'm striving, I'm working on it. So one of my current goals is to spend five minutes at the end of each workday. And I answer these two questions. What did I love about today? And what did I learn today? And I like those just with the love and learn. They're easy for me to remember. Um, but some people might prefer these questions. What went well today? And what will I do differently tomorrow? Um, it's a real discipline to take a few minutes and do that. Um, but the idea is to capture something from today and also to encourage ourselves. You know, what did, I'm surprised my list of what went well today is always longer than what didn't go well. Yet I end many days discouraged. So it's a good way to say, thank you, Lord, for the work that you gave me to do and then leave it with him. So I think that when we schedule that time for reflection, it leads to us having a sense of what's really important, what God is calling us to do, and what to spend our time working on. Um, so that is one key focus. Um, so do you want me to head right into the next key? Yes, please keep going. All right. <laughs> Great. Okay. So the next one is planning. And in a way, you'll see how these kind of, they're connected to each other. But I think that consistent, careful planning and implementation is really imperative for us. It takes time to establish, you know, what we're going to do. Um, but the more time you spend planning, uh, you will have a roadmap to follow. You know, I recently heard that for, oh, and now I'm afraid I'm going to mess this up, but Eisenhower had two different speeches for D-Day. One speech was if it went well, and one speech was if it didn't go well. He was planned either way. Nobody knew that, <laughs> um, but he was ready for it. Um, so I hope you don't mind me sharing a specific, specific example that uses you, Lynn. Um, but back in the day when we were at the same school, you created this plan for our school's re action research accreditation project. And the plan that you created, oh my goodness, I'm sure this is your gift too. It was the most detailed, well thought out and attractive looking plan I had ever seen. And you probably meant, you know, in your thinking, you were probably like, I planned it. I'm going to implement this entire project. But God ended up calling you to a different place to work. 
And so somebody else inherited your plan. And then a year later, I inherited your plan. That is perfect grounds for the whole plan to have fallen apart when the person who created it isn't there anymore. But what we did is we clung to that plan. It, it basically told us what to do next. It already had the presentations and the checkpoints for every year. And so because of that, you know, people said to me all the time, because I finished the project, oh, wow, Heather, what a great project. This is so well thought out. So I got the credit for it, but I knew that it was the foundation of a plan that was written five years previously that saw us through. So it's just an example of how a careful plan um, is a key to moving along in this area. So when we invest significant amounts of time for planning, there's like a symbiotic relationship between planning and the focus that it gives us. Um, so because of that, what I'm aiming to do is, you know, not just take the time for reflection every day, but also to really give significant time for planning every week. And I personally have um, a planner, a new, a new planner uh, to me. Another Christian school leader mentioned it. I had said to him, you know, you're a new leader. I'm a new leader. Any advice? And he held up this planner. He says, um, this, is, this is really helping me. So I, I tried it out. It's called the Full Focus Planner. And what it is encouraging me to do is every week I sit down for a couple of hours and I identify what are the big, what are the big things I want to get done. Um, once a quarter, I sit down and set some goals, then weekly you're looking at them. And then every day you just identify what are the top three things that I'm gonna get to today. Um, because when we try to focus on more than that, it, we don't do very well. We need to have that focus. Um, so that same planner also has that journal reflection page for me every day. And it's been a really helpful tool in my hands um, for how I can focus and plan every day. So those two things, they're really basic. Um, but as going back to my friend, John Maxwell, I mean, the basics are so good for us. Here's, here's a couple of his quotes. Master the basics, then practice them every day with style. Small disciplines repeated with consistency every day lead to great achievements gained slowly over time. He also says everything worthwhile in life takes dedication and time. The people who grow and achieve the most are the ones who harness the power of patience and persistence. And if you can take one more John Maxwell quote, because they're so good. You never change your life until you change something you do daily. That means developing great habits. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishments, and that bridge must be crossed every day. Love that. Thank you, Mr. Maxwell. So those are some thoughts about what I think are some foundational elements to developing that culture of improvement. Thank you, Heather. That's wonderful. Just those twin, uh, if, you, if you will, you know, of, of focus and planning, and thinking about how that is sort of those daily practices lead and over time build into the, the culture of improvement. I think about, we'll throw another uh, leadership writer out here, but you know, Peter Drucker, you know, is, is quoted as saying culture eats strategy for breakfast. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. So it's like changing those daily, you know, having those daily structures and shaping the culture over time. Uh, it does take that time and it takes that discipline. So thank you for sharing that. 
you know, this is obviously a, a crazy time uh, in any school right now. It's it's very challenging. I would argue that school leadership has never been easy and it probably will never coast into a, a period of ease again, uh, even though there are unique challenges that we face right now. So I'm wondering if you can sort of close us out by talking about what are some challenges that you think schools or leaders face as they're trying to shape a culture of improvement and how might they overcome them? Knowing, of course, that this is a unique time, but we're always going to have these challenges. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is one of the easiest things to answer because I mean, you could make a list a mile long of all the things that we face. Uh, school life is very complex. And every day, there's the tyranny of the urgent, there's, there's people knocking, there are challenges, there are angry emails, you know, it, it just doesn't stop. And it can feel, even when I sit down and think about it, it can be really hard to narrow down to what is the most important thing. And so it, there will be some juggling involved. Um, I could easily list a dozen major areas that my current school, which is a remarkable school, but where we could really use improvement. And each of them would be multi-year culture changing shifts. And so it's like, oh, what do, what do we do? And so step one, I think, is a relentless prayerful pursuit of saying, Lord, what are you calling me to do? You know, who have you made me to be? Um, and here, Lord, you have put me in this school setting. So what do you want for this school? And really asking him his vision. And when he gives that to you, pursuing that doggedly, you know, um, but it comes down to day after day, you know, so we have this big picture vision, but then we say, so Lord, what is one small step I can take in that direction today? Um, so, so one, you know, challenge is definitely the complexity and all the things that are pulling at us. And, and an, an answer would be asking God every day. And I don't say that in a trite way at all. Like he is in us in the midst of our work and he wants to show us what to do. Another challenge for people like me, I think a lot of perfectionists become leaders. And one of our school founders, um, one of her favorite words was excellence. And uh, it's, it's one of our school's core values. But my thinking about excellence has changed. I used to think it meant perfection. No flaw, you work tirelessly, and um, you know you get praise from other people and people admire you for what you're doing. That's not what she encouraged, but it's the way that I kind of twisted it. And it led to expectations for myself and other people that were not reasonable. And then this last year, I read a, a quote from Glenn Schultz, um, who a lot, of, a lot of us in Christian education know and respect. And he talked about excellence being doing the best that you're able to do in a given situation and working to honor God and not man. And, you know, the reality is there, there is no perfect school. It can be very easy for me to visit your school and think, wow, they've got it all together and look at all these things they've done, but it does not do us any good to compare. You know, just like it doesn't help when I compare myself to you and what God has called you to do, it doesn't help to compare us to other schools. Um, be who God called you to be. Own your mission. It reminds me of the parable of the talents, uh, the idea that God has gifted us as individuals and has brought each of our schools into being. And the question is, what are we going to do? 
what are we going to do with the gifts, the talents that he has given us? Um, and, and God didn't really compare, uh, you know, he didn't expect the person given a lot of talents or given less talents to do what someone with a lot did. He, did. he just wanted um, them to humbly put into practice what he had given them to do. Um, one other challenge, I think, I tend to think internally, I'm so reflective, um, but I think a challenge is um, thinking about ourselves too much. This whole idea of focusing and planning and my schedule and what we're going to accomplish, um, honestly, that can be very worldly. And we can start to think that I'm accomplishing these goals because of me. And that's perfect grounds for pride um, leading to a fall. We have to um, keep putting ourselves in front of the father and humbly laying before him the gifts that he's given us, the time that he's given us, um, and really be dependent on him, you know, to know what to do and to know how to come up with a plan that would accomplish what he desires to do. So I just think we always need to be um, mindful of humility. And, um, you know, I've read, read many books on this topic and it gives you the impression it's just about refining yourself and making yourself the best person that you can be. And then you're going to have this great successful life and this great successful school. And that's not our heart. That's not what God is calling us to. Well, Heather, I really appreciate, you know, when we talk about this culture of improvement, I think there is this temptation to develop this to-do list and checklists and things of that nature. And and I really appreciate in your podcast, the focus on cultivating things within yourself, uh, mm. you know, those, those daily disciplines, you know, the, the, the attitudes of the heart as well. And how, and I think that's really true as a leader, that that is where uh, these strategies and these practices that we then help to shape the cultures that our school come from. So I really appreciate mm. your focus on that. And I think this podcast will be a huge blessing to leaders who are listening and encouragement. Again, certainly a difficult time in education, but when was it not? And it will be in the right. future. So it's unique now, but you know, we sort of focusing on, on this is, is key, I think, for leadership. So thank you so much for being with me today. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for all you're doing at ACSI. I appreciate it. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward. 